At this point, you should be on the frame with a film strip title that says Oral Welcome. It's oral hygiene. It's where we talk about films. What kind of films? Documentary films, COD films, educational films. This one, I guess, counts as a COD film. I mean, the Beatles, it's not so COD, but Yellow Submarine was a hard find for a long time. This is Matt here. Hi, Andrew. Hi. Hey. Your uh, first time I'm... visitor to the submarine, I believe. That's right. My first voyage on the Yellow Submarine, and we can talk about why that is. I'm a cult film fan, so I've always known about it, but I kind of like you. I didn't consider it necessarily a cult film because the Beatles are, of course, one of the most popular groups of all time in the world, uh, culturally influential and always relevant. And I... Uh, just assumed that all the Beatles fans were also Yellow Submarine fans. Is that is that uh, accurate, or is it kind of on the is it kind of like an outlier in terms of like Beatle movies, or does do the movies have their own separate kind of fandom? I I think it's connected, but the thing that puts this one in kind of a weird place is its um, long term unavailability. So okay. I'll get into my history of the film a little bit. I, I guess I probably saw it on PBS or something in the eighties. And loved it. And it was, I, it might, I think it might have been like just before we had a VHS. So we didn't like record it or anything. Right. And um, I, I, I don't know what kind of legal rights got in the way. I think the same thing happened with Magical Mystery Tour for a while. But it was just completely unavailable throughout the 90s. Like you could not find this. I would go into like um, every video store and like looking for it. Um, maybe movies worth seeing in Virginia Highland and Atlanta had a copy for a while. I think that was like the only place you could find it. Um, and then in the late 90s, they put out a remastered soundtrack of all the songs that were in Yellow Submarine, remixed in like proper stereo, which was kind of a big deal because some of the original 60s mixes are a bit wonky. Um, mm -hmm. or, or just in mono, the, the good ones are in mono. So if you, if you wanted a good stereo mix, you have to work with it. They, they've done better since, but in the late 90s, that was where you could hear like psychedelic Beatles in stereo. So that was kind of cool. Um, and then, yeah, it, it took a while. It took, I think, until the Blu-ray release, which I knocked out my mic again. Okay. Whenever I grab stuff, I knock out my mic. Uh, the Blu-ray release here came out in... Da, 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 what's it? Uh, that, no, that's not right. I don't know. It came out some point in time. It actually doesn't have... So there was no tape, laser disc. There was DVD. a videotape, but it was like an early one. It was really hard to find. Uh, laser disc was never on my radar, so I don't know. But uh, yeah, I just like I saw it as a kid and then didn't see it again until like 20 years later, simply because you couldn't get it. So, wow, that I had no idea, man, because you've been into the Beatles for as long as I've known you. Oh, I jumped all over that um, late 90s CD release. It just it wasn't the movie. It's just the music. I don't, what, what, what did you get your hands on? A, a, it's a DVD. a DVD, not a Blu-ray DVD. DVD. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Did, did did it have these like fun like film cells in them? 
it's just the disc by itself. Like okay. I didn't get a case or anything, so I don't know. But it is it is DVD, not Blu-ray. So there was a maybe it was included in something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like maybe they got an album with the movie in it, maybe or something like that. Yeah, m- most people can't see it, but I'm I'm flashing Andrew these wacky film uh, animation cells of the Beatles in his face because yeah. I came did, with my did, DVD. Did they uh, did they do that on glass or were they painted the cells? on? Gl- Oh, oh, the in the for the actual movie, yeah. I don't know. I, okay. I, I, you know, it's weird how I've, I've actually started reading a book, uh, Wild Minds, which is a history of early animation, and it is yeah. surprising, like, just how much you like don't know, or at least I don't know about animation. So oh, I, um, I don't have. I think the only book about I have Ink and Paint, which is about the women Disney animators. That's all I have. Okay, because especially in the teens, people are like patenting, patenting their methods. So one guy was, yeah, yeah, one dude was making his some of the earliest animation. The guy made Gertie the dinosaur, right? But he was just like, he was kind of like just doing it for the art, it seemed. And then someone basically learned how to do it from him, and then tried to patent that himself, which led to Max Fleischer. Which led to Max Fleischer doing rotoscoping, so no one could tell him he was doing it their way. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it is, it is interesting, but uh, yeah, as far as this one, uh, don't know how they. I I didn't know you put cells on glass actually. So I, I yeah. Always I think it's just a, a technique. I don't even know. It's just the color is just incredible, which is uh, very very rare for animation from that time period. You know. Oh yeah, it's full on psychedelia, right? Which is yeah, and so that was why I thought maybe it was painted on glass or something like that, rather than um, you know like traditional cell. Your your story is basically someone handed you the DVD last week, is it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. (laughs) I I just I just never saw it, and what's interesting is watching it and and uh, seeing what year it was made. As it turns out, like a lot of animation um, copied that, that I've been watching my whole life, you know? Oh, yeah. You can tell Terry Gilliam had, you know, saw this several times. <laughs> oh, my God. Terry Gilliam fully ripped it off. Um, but I also saw what year was Fantastic Planet? You know, that really great. Several, French... years, several years later. That, it's 70 something. OK, so Fantastic Planet was one I thought of a lot. And, uh, you know, anything that's got rotoscoping of any kind makes you think of Ralph Bakshi. And so, Another film that was wildly unavailable for a long time. Oh, uh, Fantastic America. Planet. Fantastic Planet. Well, yeah, I have the criterion. I don't think I'd ever seen it prior to that. Mm. Um, so it uh, I think that was the thing that hit me the most about it, not just how vibrant it was, but sort of how, um, I guess, trailblazing it was as a work of animation. Real quick, can you uh, break down people on the quote-unquote story real fast? Yeah, so um, the uh, the blue meanies, which are these blue monster alien thingies, are attacking a, a, a village called Pepperland. And um, I guess it's up to the, the Beatles to, uh, to figure out how to like get that whole thing sorted <laughs> <laughs> they never and they get on yeah they get on a yellow submarine at one point <laughs> <laughs> then then they get off it so 
Yeah, then they do. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's featuring tons of Beatles music, but the actual Beatles, uh, did they try to hide the fact that the Beatles did not voice their own characters? Well, okay, th- that that is kind of elephant in the room here, and there is a bit of a story behind that. So the Beatles were due another film. But, you know, by this point, Lennon was doing way too much ass to be bothered with doing a Beatles film. So <laughs> and George Harrison didn't care, you know, and so on. Right. Um, they had Hard Day's Night. They had help. Help. And then they there were they, there was all this weird stuff in the mix. Like there was thought of them doing like a Lord of the Rings. And uh, I've heard about that. Yeah. And, and eventually it ended up being this animated thing. And the thing that really like um, sealed the deal on their disinterest at the time is there was a mid-60s um like saturday morning beatles cartoon which if you watch right. it, it it is entertaining it's it's not bad but it's I cheap didn't anim- even know that <laughs> yeah it's cheap animation it's weird jokes it's like hanna barbera does the monkeys but it's weirdly starring the beatles with different okay. voices because they didn't do the voices for that either and right. uh uh, I would, uh, for anyone interested, they're on, I think most of them are on YouTube, and I would direct you to the Tomorrow Never Knows episode of the Beatles cartoon. Anyway, it, 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 there was actually some nice creativity there, so I'm not taking a dump on its head. But at the time, it seemed to be a cheap cash grab show, and their impression was this was going to be a cheap cash grab movie. So when they did go to the premiere, they, they show up in that live action sequence at the end for contractual reasons, because they have to actually appear in be, it yeah yeah in some way so they were just like, film us for a few minutes and, and that's what happened um but yeah once they were at the premiere they're like "Ooh, we made a mistake <laughs> they liked it they did like it they they actually it seemed like oh i don't know if all four that's four four dudes but and the general consensus was gee part we probably should have actually done that film <laughs> right so why couldn't they just go back and record the voices well actually though Let's let's just throw out the fact that they didn't do it. The voices are pretty good, probably better than the Beatles would have done it themselves. <laughs> that is what the person I watched it with said. They're like, you can't tell. You can't, can't tell. tell. And I mean, you know, I'm sure if you were like at a pub with the Beatles, maybe they'd have this flow going. But I think to put it in a movie and record it in a studio, you pr- it probably doesn't hurt to have like voice actors doing it, you know? Yeah, because it's a cartoon, so you're not trying to get the voice accurate so much as you're trying to get the character. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's not necessarily. I mean, it doesn't really take away from this movie, except that you just just that you know. But um, a, a fun fact is that uh, the, the Paul McCartney voice actually is done by Paul McCartney because he'd already faked his death and been replaced by this point. So, right. Yeah. No, actually, he did the audition was turned down. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well that was like a straight out of compton easy E's son audition to play his own dad and didn't get it yeah no um <laughs> yeah I, I, you, you've been down the pause is dead rabbit hole at some point i've yeah that's a that's, yeah. a that's a fun one i mean i guess if you're not beatles obsessor you probably haven't been too far down it but i know I, I just i needed to know what it's about you know yeah. because you hear about there's there's that one and uh i guess the later version of that was uh the, the pop star Avril Lavigne, people were saying that she had died and been replaced at some point as well. And Marilyn Manson was that kid on the Wonder Years. Oh gosh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> you can really go. You can really go in on all that stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, actually, it's funny because five six years ago, I, I had a brief 
obsession with that theory and was like looking at websites. And just last weekend, probably because we were getting ready to do this, I was like, oh, I think I'll look up, see if they have any, you know, it's always whack things like here's two pictures. Clearly, it's not the same person. Like, you know, I look that different in two photos. So <laughs> I don't really think they're like, come on, it's no fun if you use your brain. Okay. Anyway, though, um, I, I was like, I want to see what kind of things they, they put there recently, right? Sure. Because I'm like, I, I, that's fun stuff. So um, I, I go to the site. Sorry, um, I, I have. Okay, warning. I have to use DuckDuckDo to find the site now. <laughs> I can't use I can't use Google. <laughs> so okay, top of the page. I'm not gonna, I'm not actually going to tell everyone what it is because I actually don't want you to go here anymore. But uh, at the top, it's got several pictures of McCartney at several different <laughs> ages and and a Sergeant Pepper's. Um, drum that's the top right so we got all the uh all the all that stuff okay here are the titles of the recent posts uh what do we got that time general u.s grant gave the jews the boot how international bankers steal your wealth british torture germans into making false confessions about the holocaust jews versus america i'm reading these in order Bad juju, Jewish influence on USA, Zionism, Jews and army. Well, what the hell? I mean, I know they, they say conspiracy theories send you down that that rabbit hole. But how does Paula's dead leave you there? <laughs> what am anti-Semitism? Yeah, it's just yeah. like it's like it's got McCartney at the top because that's how the thing started. Like in five years ago, that's what it was. So I haven't visited in five years and they've just gone completely like Jew world order. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, that <laughs> I guess that proves the like point. <laughs> that you obsess yeah. over these things too much and uh you know if you flirt with it it's fun but yeah don't don't get serious about it i guess is the uh like does it really matter if that's the real paul or not do you like the music you're not going to have tea with the guy probably so <laughs> sure well it's a slippery slope those conspiracy things i just you know? I, that i just you know i'd heard people say oh you get this you get that you end up jew world order and i'd never seen it it's almost like a saturday night life sketch about it you know that's how like on the no that's how bonk bonk on the head that is so <laughs> just like even even i was like incredulous about that i'm just like seriously you yeah. were just showing two pictures of mccartney at two different times before and like making absurd you know um judgment on the photos <laughs> So yeah, anyway, that's the just out of it. they yeah, really. Well, I, I, I yeah, it's just, again, it does have a certain Saturday Night Live punchline going, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, let's 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 get back to this movie because that's a that's more fun to talk about in the end. But yeah, that just that blew my mind. So <laughs> wow, <laughs> gotta throw out the story. I'm, yeah. Um. Sure. Anyway, yeah, where were we? What do you well, consider to be the iconic look for the Beatles? The iconic look for the Beatles? Well, in my mind, uh, I guess it's um, which one is not the drawing of them. Which one had the four of them sort of looking down into the camera, maybe? Uh, it's a color photo the album cover. Well, they did it rubber twice soul. at two very different times. Uh, oh, Rubber Soul? Yeah. Okay. I guess they're looking down on multiple album covers, to be honest. So, Rubber Soul. Yeah, but it's the four of them are pretty close in the same shot. Slightly um, warped. I, yeah. I feel like Rubber Soul, you know? Okay. Because I'm, I'm just throwing out that this would be a contender for that. Which well, I do the, enjoy the character designs. I was able to tell everyone apart 
and uh, I did, I did like because uh, you know I've seen um, Get Back or whatever it was the Disney one that they did the Peter Jackson what was it called Yeah, let's get back. And I was also thinking that's that that is kind of because of the documentary success that seems to be the current first okay. image that would come to a lot of people's minds the the rooftop uh, digs. Yeah. So no, I don't think of them like that way, but I do. Um, I do think of them uh, in terms of their voices that were very recent in my mind, much far less so in terms of the music. Um, and so I thought they did great with, the, I love everybody's pants. Everybody's pants are really cool <laughs> in the movie. Um, and I definitely, uh, I, I, I think the voices and personalities came through and that get back was my basis for it. But, you know, I, uh, yeah, I would say, if I was going to have a Beatle poster up in my house, it would definitely be of them as their animated versions. Oh, yeah. And um, just, just to note that these the character designs in here are somewhat kind of based off their appearances and the uh, live action, a day, not a day in the life, the uh, Strawberry Fields Forever video. Ah, OK. So okay. the, the Beatles did some of the first like straight up music videos because they stopped touring. So the idea was we can send like various tv shows these clips and it'll be like we're performing on their shows yeah great idea and uh that's a very cool video they're in um i, I some park in london because i've never been there so i don't know but uh a, a not hyde park i think it's a different one but uh yeah it's just them like like with a loom and a tree wearing psychedelic clothes or something it's it's pretty bizarre <laughs> that's cool i would watch it yeah especially if i can see those pants in live action because yeah you again, get you do awesome you to, pants. Yeah, they they do wear the pants in that video. <laughs> yeah, they were great. Like I, you know, they all have dark hair and some degree of mustache or or not. And so um, when I'm watching it, you know, a lot of times they're running around, and it's kind of the whole group running around. And I memorize who has what pants, and I know who that is by their pants. <laughs> I guess I've never given, I mean, I definitely get where you're coming from, but I don't think I've ever given the uh, pants quite that deep a thought. Um, <laughs> I guess well, I'm more you know, into the psychedelic shirt. I, I focus towards the psychedelic shirt, you know, I think, because I yeah. own, you know, I buy those, right? I, I'll even go to work in them sometimes when I'm feeling cheeky. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Austin Powers shirts. I, 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 you know, I assume you can just get away with brown corduroys if you got a good psychedelic shirt. Oh, yeah, you don't want to have pattern and pattern that's never a good idea so when you were a kid then and you saw it were you familiar with the music already or did you get into the music because of the movie like what was it yeah um well i i think you know my in my house we had a bunch of the you know the my dad had a fair amount of the vinyl so yes. that would get a play uh when i was a younger kid and then and then you know about the time nirvana hit ironically with kurt cobain being a big beatles fan that's when I think that was like the Beatles at their maximum uncoolness, right? So, <laughs> so I probably like felt like I'd be a dork for listening to them for a few years, but then you know got back and was like, "Hey, this stuff's really good." <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I remember you. You were the one who played the White Album for me. We listened to that together. Um, otherwise, um, most of my childhood experience with Beatles was not hearing the music, but hearing my dad's cover tunes of the Beatles that he would yeah. do. Play guitar and sing, and so when I, yeah, I learning songs like Nowhere Man and Day Tripper and Yesterday, I those were stuff that he would do, 
and um i would hear him doing those all the time and so when i finally heard the Beatles versions <laughs> it was very funny to me it was like yeah hearing and you know what people have said that to me about Lemonheads because when i was a teenager i i learned tons of Lemonheads on guitar and played it for at parties and stuff and so people hadn't heard the Lemonhead originals and had heard me do it. And so when they finally heard the originals, it sounded like they were covering me. Right on. Yeah. I, maybe I was telling you, I, I, I usually tune my guitar to day tripper. Yeah, you did. You told me and, that and, and uh, in part, cause you, to play the riff, you hit like four strings. That's one mm-hmm. of the big reasons. So, but um, I, I do remember your dad's guitar too. I, that still might count as the best acoustic guitar I've played. That was, that it's was like the best a nice, one I've ever played. A and nice old had, Gibson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a, I think maybe an SJ, maybe. Mm. Um, it, it, uh, yeah. It, um, lots of guitarists that I was friends with that got their hands on it couldn't believe it. It just had a really huge, very kind of rich sound, and uh, it now belongs to my youngest brother. Uh, Parker has that guitar it's a very sentimental item i don't know if he has detuned it so it doesn't warp the neck with the tension but uh i don't i don't know that that i have heard is 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 not that's an urban legend you don't need to detune your guitars yeah (laughs) they're they're made to have that string tension so okay well in that case no matter what state the important thing is is he playing it I want to hear I, that guitar is being played. <laughs> being played. If he is playing it, then I don't know. But okay. I, I, you know, it's it's it. I I know it hasn't been given away or smashed mm. or anything like that. So yeah, if I, you know, one of these days I may ask him. You know, if you're not doing anything with it, can I take it over and get it, you know, fixed fixed up and looked after and everything? And yeah, because that's a I've never had a, I've had several acoustic guitars since then. No, I have my old, I got my workhorse Takamini, great guitar, but yeah, even I I remember that one having a little extra sparkle. So, you know, the sort of thing, it gives Gibson's its reputation. That is wood raids. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, if you were to go to Gibson HQ now or to any music shop and ask to play a Gibson acoustic I don't think you're going to get that out of there because I never did. Cause my thought was I'll just get my own. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't just get your own of that one. <laughs> no, I never was able to find one that was, you know, even like the most expensive ones that I just played just to see. Um, yeah, we're not, they just was a thinner sound, mm-hmm. always thinner sound. Um, something I noticed on yellow submarine is uh, that King features did this which I, I i know i'd seen that before but uh you know they do flash gordon uh newspaper popeye uh, yeah all that sort of stuff so i i thought that was kind of interesting especially because this is a you know made in england film so <laughs> yeah very strange yeah when I, I i'd even forgot about flash gordon i strictly i mean king features is still around um i strictly think of them as a yeah a newsprint yeah so because i don't know if you remember they flashed your logo and then had like a kind of a psychedelic um uh flash gordon and the shadow or i don't remember somebody else but yeah Yeah. so i I noticed that and and also probably because i'm reading that animation book i was like hey wait a minute (laughs) (laughs) right yeah Mm -hmm. i don't know honestly man there were some weird things uh 
you know, I, of course, the psychedelic stuff is fine. Like, I can imagine the Beatles fans of what year does this come out? 60 what? 60? 68. Okay. So in 68, everybody's getting high, like, like high as crap. And so I can imagine this playing theaters and heads going there and it just being the best thing they'd ever seen. Although it didn't you know? quite get the head, the head, maybe because of distribution, but uh, I think the real head movie for that time would still would have been 2001 because it would have been about that time that 2001 was in theaters. So, I mean, that, oh, hey, right. if, 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 if someone's giving you like a potent hit of LSD, I guess that's a decision you just have to make. But <laughs> yeah, I was at a guy's house one time that had done, uh, he's like, hey, let me show you this recut I did of 2001 after I took two fists full of mushrooms. And I was like, okay, I guess we'll watch this. I'm like, have you watched it since you took the mushrooms? Or, you know, <laughs> can you, have you gave, given it a test prior to subjecting others to what you've done? <laughs> Look what you've done. I honestly, it was like, yeah, I don't see what you see, sir. What, what did they do? <laughs> what, what did they show you? They really just dragged things out and zoomed in on things. It was, they had, you know, they're a professional editor. That was their actual job. Oh, okay. Uh, so, but getting high and recutting 2001, um, I don't know what would I recommend that. <laughs> or if you did, keep it to yourself, man. Like, don't be like, hey, look what I did. Because people will be like, yeah. I well, not the first time you threw it out, but if you hit play right as the title card says you know infinite and beyond uh for the last part and you, and you hit play on echoes from pink floyd's metal it does work like perfectly oh that's good that's ever good to know have you ever given that a try i will i have those two okay. days <laughs> don't don't do the wizard of oz and dark side that doesn't work at all unless you're like stoned out of your mind but <laughs> no i went to that uh, the, the georgia theater did that like 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 charged people or no wait maybe it was free yeah i, I think it was hope free. so because it doesn't work yeah and i went and i was just going i mean this is neat and i love this movie and this album but every little thing where people were like oh it was just pure coincidence well the, the reason the echoes thing works so well is because um it's musical changes as the sequences changes it has nothing to do with the lyrics it's out yeah. and it fits because the music. So when the Stargate opens, the music changes. It ends right as you see the Star Child. When it gets into the uh, the white room, the music changes. So it, it does seem they might have been playing to a screening of that movie. I mean, how else would you explain that? I mean, that the timing for one or two, but for the whole thing. And hell, if you're Pink Floyd in 1972, yeah, run 2001. We're going to jam out. That sounds reasonable enough. I mean, they went played in Pompeii after that so <laughs> right yeah yeah no I would believe it uh yeah I would love to now Pink Floyd was one that I picked up from my dad because uh, that was his one of his favorite groups and so uh, but I didn't get to into the music until Andy Fox passed away and I got his uh Pink Floyd albums and his Led Zeppelin so I got into both of those I had never owned any of their music the Beatles um you didn't have album. a teenage run-in with Led Zeppelin? I know. Because Dan no. did, our, our old drummer. He was pretty obsessed with Bonham, right? So I ended up listening to a bunch of Zeppelin. And I remember I got my first guitar. I was really thinking Les Paul, and I got the telly, right? Not 
and uh, slightly disappointed is, ah, oh, yeah, I don't do Jimmy Page because I'm 15 and that's what you do when you're 15. But not realizing <laughs> that Led Zeppelin 1 and 2 is actually mostly Telecaster. So Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't uh, know that. The, I always thought of Paige and Les Paul. The solo and Stairway to Heaven is Telecaster. Wow. So how about that? I just listened to that the other day. Yeah, I uh the Beatles came from um my uh one of my good friends uh sister who had passed away. And so um they were something of an Anglophile, which I have never ever been. <laughs> and so uh but I had curiosity about that. I also picked up uh uh, some things that I already owned um, on on uh, MP3 that I just think CD sounds way better. So I got the T for the Tiller Man and London Calling CD, which I again I already owned on MP3, but it was great. Yeah, I, sh- I should put on a more psychedelic shirt for this podcast. I mean, you could match this with psychedelic pants; it would probably work out fine in a, in a groovy <laughs> tie. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, um, my question. I do have another question though. If you don't mind me asking. Uh, did you say your daughter was into Yellow Submarine? Yeah, she wanted to. I, I, I think I. if you looked at my notes at the end, I actually just passed out and didn't watch the last 20 minutes this time uh, because, because because this was one of the high rotation films when she was three or four. Um. Three or four. OK, so what was it that um, that she liked about it? Do you remember? I mean, at three or four, you know, they're still into things kind of visually. And I know my kid really loved the triplets of belleville which is like a french cartoon that's rated r um but that was one we played again and again and again so what do you might be because it might be in part because i was playing the music in the car so there was like connection right like this movie has extra depth because it exists outside of this movie i mean you know i'm just trying to guess what a three or four year old's thinking because if i asked her now she probably wouldn't remember right um oh yeah that's the way that goes i was just trying to pinpoint you know uh, the age of the average Beatle fan at the time that Yellow Submarine came out, you know, because they're often known for and cited for having a kind of, you know, keeping up with counterculture as yeah. it moved and well, also uh, setting trends. That was and the thing. Like the, the TV show was definitely aimed at a younger audience, like the, sure, you know, yeah. the, the teeny boppers, like that show doesn't it has a few touches of psychedelia in its later episodes but it definitely is more like you know it, it's the mop tops right so the thing with yeah. this movie that's what they thought they're like we're way past that we don't really feel like getting back into that but yeah this would have been aimed more at the you know somewhere around 20 years old age group i'm thinking hey that's that's kind of how i felt too because uh um there seemed to be an awareness that the audience might be high yeah <laughs> i mean in the dialogue and stuff i mean the people making it were <laughs> oh yeah absolutely absolutely but uh you, you um, know a few years later after that it was all prince in the car all the time like we could not we couldn't play things other than prince for about two years in the car and 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 when hano was like eight she was willing to watch that entire concert that came with the the purple rain re-release a few years ago so <laughs> yeah well i mean gosh you know of all the things a kid could want to hear uh wonderful you know, and she remembers exactly. that a few. We haven't been playing in car for a while, but a few weeks ago, so she was like, oh, "Play the Prince album," which by that she actually means Artificial Age, which is his last full-on studio album. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, uh, my kid. I know there's uh, studio albums after. I'm just calling that the last full-on one. So <laughs> yeah, my kid is 
was so loved like Madonna and the Go-Go's and stuff like that to the point where now she doesn't want to hear it. She's like, oh, that's what I liked when I was little. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, are you kidding me? That's the phase I went through with the Beatles for a while, I think. So, yeah. Is that right? Okay. Well, so I feel when, better. When you and I were getting into music, it would have been a phase where I was like, oh, the Beatles is kid stuff because I was listening to it as a kid, you know? <laughs> Sure, yeah. Well, I, and again, I when when grunge was big, ironically, most of the grungers were like massive Beatles fans. But you know, for the <laughs> eleven and twelve year olds out there, the Beatles seemed hopelessly square, right? <laughs> I mean, we were just finding our own stuff, and you know, didn't want to. I, for one, definitely, yeah, wasn't trying to hear my parents' music yeah. or anything. That's where um, something like you know, Black Hole Sun like knocked everyone for a loop because Soundground was like, okay, we're actually going to put that influence in our grunge now. <laughs> That was some blatant, even I, who was not familiar with the Beatles recordings, um, recognized the huge, huge Beatles rip in that song. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, everyone, I mean, Beatlesque is like its own. I mean, power pop is basically like ripping off the Beatles. That's the genre of ripping off the Beatles, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, yeah, it's true. I, um, but in terms of the movie, I, yeah, the one thing I couldn't get past was Ringo's black eyes well yeah you said that so i responded that's because he has no soul he has no soul which i you know i'm with you on that i believe that (laughs) i mean because how else is he i mean out of everybody he's aged what probably the best because he's still alive but mccartney's face is falling off right i mean you think you'd have the cash to keep that sucker on his skull but it's yeah but then that looks weird because that's what that's what brian wilson did in his 50s got a facelift and after that i mean he just didn't look quite right anymore. Oh, no. Brian Wilson began to look um, like he was wearing a Brian Wilson mask. Exactly. Well, that, I, I, that's <laughs> what plastic surgery. Because I, I mean, I, I get it because uh, when he when he finally lost all his weight in the late 80s, he was quite handsome. So as he was getting to age 50, I guess he was like, oh, crap, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's certainly not a Michael Jackson mistake or anything, but you, you can tell that a bit of work was done. Whereas, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, have you seen uh, Perry Farrell? What he looks like? Oh wow, he's he's bizarre looking. Danny Elfman. Like, that's that's the yeah. one that you seen recent shots of Danny Elfman. I did with because uh, he performed on was it Coachella or something? Yeah, I'm not sure if he got plastic surgery or anything. You just don't expect you don't expect what you see when you see Danny Elfman. <laughs> yeah, and he had his shirt off too. Not to not to just spiral into this, but I. Uh, he wants to show off yeah. the guns. <laughs> yeah, probably it probably was. But I yeah, I couldn't get over the black eyes. You know, every time I was like, I thought Ringo was like the fun, funny one. Why'd you give him the black eye? He's the first one you see in the movie. And I'm like, are they all gonna have black eyes? <laughs> like, I just that was an odd choice. I was like, did they do that to make him look different? Because I feel like also Ringo has the different face among everybody. Well, there's you know, a certain comes- mel- the, the way to make Ringo work in a movie, they do this in Hard Day's Night too, is to just uh, you have to surround Ringo with a certain melancholia to, to, to have him work dramatically as a character in a thing such as this. I hear you. Hence I mean, the black eyes. I mean, even his, his tunes on Beatles albums, I mean, the way he sings is like, yeah, we're throwing him a song. I, and they are good songs. I'm not saying that. And, no, and but I, I know what you mean. And they'd it's have like to write the- them like, Okay, he's got a four note range, so we have to keep the melody to like these four notes. Again, everyone loves a good Ringo song. It's not, I'm not saying it's a mistake. I'm just saying like you, he has to work within like certain parameters. Oh, sure. I always thought 
public enemies like you know their their whole like signal kind of got a little bit faded every time flavor Flav would have a track you know <laughs> right it's yeah like message 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 hardcore hardcore and then cold you know, lampin uh, with flavor cold la- <laughs> flavor cold lampin or you know just some of the ones where I can't say the title nine one one as a joke was a very popular song, but still, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess you need that to keep, you know, just the flow of the album to keep it from being so heavy. Right. Uh, yeah. 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 It's, no, it's hard true. not to like flavor Flav. at least, uh, you know, as, as, as he is, I haven't seen him on the reality shows because I, Oh, I, a few years ago, I said something about flavor Flav and public enemy and a, a guy about my, uh, just a little older than me was like flavor Flav was in a band. <laughs> Cause he no, just knew he, from all the reality shows. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, because public enemy was definitely, you know, I, I think their heyday had passed by that point. Flavor Flav was still a star. Um, but okay. What I didn't ask you then about yellow submarine was when you finally did see it again, 20 years later, uh what was that kind of what was the experience like that you remember uh i'm trying to remember if i had managed to score a bootleg vhs i think i did have a vhs like so maybe it was like a 10-year drought not seeing it all 10 years of having a really crappy dub of it and then seeing it properly because that's the thing you know watching it on like a dubbed vhs that's um pan and scan is kind of a bummer right so yeah so actually uh, when i got it it came out i was looking at the dates and not trying because it just has 68 and 99 for the remastered music i'm like that's not the date this blu-ray came out because i think i did like screen it for the family when i got it so i was already like kind of like hey what's what's hana gonna think of this you know (laughs) yeah no that was a that was a good choice you know my my only other um thing that i was thinking about was that you know i am a fan of cult film and I'm watching this not as a Beatle fan, but as just someone who loves cult movies and especially like any sort of that would be considered alternative animation or cult animation. I've got a lot of those type of movies. And so I feel like even if you're not into the Beatles, that this works as a kind of bizarre sci-fi comedy art film. Oh, um, yeah. The, the think- animation is amazing. Yeah, do you think someone who's not into the Beatles but is into cult film and weird animation could put this on and really dig it? Yes, unless like they get a gag reflex to the Beatles music. Oh, no, I, no. I, I hope nobody does that because I, I mean, I own a copy of John Lennon's guitar, right? And I'm, I, most of my guitars in my room here kind of fit like the crap they used on their albums for the most part. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'd yeah. hate to think that. But uh, if, if you just yeah it couldn't not into their music you're not gonna like this film you do have to at least like accept the music to enjoy this film i think yeah no i i I think more for people that just aren't into the beatles like do i have to be into the beatles for this movie to be good and i don't think so here's the converse i i could not get through the movie across the universe after 10 minutes i was like i can't watch this all right (laughs) yeah i remember we all did you see it in the theater or Nah, this was I I because my wife had it on DVD and she thought I'd like it because I liked the Beatles, but I really didn't like that movie. I didn't like the songs being cast in that way. I mean, I mean, you can do that, it's fine. I was just like, I don't like this. <laughs> sure, yeah. No, I um 
yeah, we all went to see it in the theater. And as I recall, everybody was fairly well blown away by its visuals. Um, as far as the music was concerned, I have little to no memory of the music. See, I only remember the music. I barely remember the 10 minutes I saw. Maybe visually it's fantastic, but uh, I was just like, I can't handle turning the Beatles into like show tunes. <laughs> yeah, now I've never seen Rock of Ages uh, where they do all the hair metal uh, like that. And there's... You know, it's what they call jukebox musicals, I guess. Yeah. But I... the movie that I would have probably had a hard time with was when um, they did uh, the live version of Rocky Horror Show um, on Fox television that they were going through musicals, doing them live on TV. I don't know if you remember the brief trend of that. They did like Hairspray and Grease. And for Halloween, they did a Rocky Horror. So it was all different people singing it, all different costumes, all, you know, they were not doing the movie. They were doing the show. And uh, yeah, I had a lot of longtime fans of Rocky Horror were really up in arms about it. Meanwhile, I was just like, do you know how many times I have seen people do <laughs> their own versions of Rocky Horror? Do you know how many different casts I've seen in these roles? <laughs> like, you don't even know, man. <laughs> many times it was me. <laughs> <laughs> So I, yeah, I didn't understand the the anger there. Yeah, I mean, I guess it doesn't quite count as a musical. So even though it technically, I guess, is a musical in a way. Uh, Rocky? No, 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 Yellow Submarine. Rocky's definitely Yellow a musical. <laughs> you don't consider Yellow Submarine a musical? I mean, it's fairly musical. There's not. I mean, well, I guess I here we go. Does a musical need to have the songs like specifically angled towards? It's story because these are obviously not right. No, these because just... there are there's a fair share of musicals where the songs were not written for that. That was your thing with across the universe. They like went out of their way to make a narrative out of the songs, right? And it just made me it made me think of um um you know walk hard again. It's like <laughs> what, what is it? It's like um oh what's the name of the song? Something color me guilty, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, I remember it. Yeah, and he's he's just like, hey, that could be. Well, his wife is like, getting, you know, pissed at him. So, <laughs> like, don't you start writing a song again? Yeah, guilty no, as I charged. Can... That was it. He's like, consider yeah. me guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> well, I think you're right. Though maybe one of the things that this pioneered was the jukebox musical because that's the thing that was. I don't know if it's still really popular, but for a while that was what that was a real big trend on Broadway. I, I haven't seen some of the early rock and roll films like Blackboard Jungle. Do, does that do that sort of thing? Uh, I guess that's just the theme song for Blackboard Jungle, but there yeah, might have been something the, a little bit after that that tried to trying, do that. No, I'm trying to think of one. Neither is a greaser been. enough to know, I guess. <laughs> no, and also, man, um, you know, uh, the ironic uh, use of pop music also mm, became a thing, uh, yeah. especially with Scorsese doing it. And Elvis so, wouldn't it count because he wrote those songs for the movies. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, I, I wouldn't well, count he any didn't. Excuse me, those songs were written for the movies. <laughs> Let's not give them <laughs> yeah, was... well, I'll give them credit where credit is due, but he wrote those songs is definitely not where credit is due. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I i'll say this man i didn't walk out of and i haven't walked out of the beetle experience that i'm sort of having as considering myself a fan however i am a fan of yellow submarine loved it 
it was nice and weird and i thought it was animation just gorgeous yeah i'm not quite sure i'd put in like my top 10 films now but there there was a time i would and i'm sitting here wondering if i guess that there's just a touch of drag to it that's going to keep it out of my like full-on favorites like that is get, true once i get back to Pepperland, it's like again that you can kind of i mean now it just has 30 more minutes more or less with lots of psychedelic fun stuff but I mean, the, the trip on the submarine really is the meat of the movie, you know? Oh, no, and that's, I mean, that's what uh, the, the whole centerpiece is. But uh, I would also, instead of recommending this to Beatle fans who've likely either seen it or, you know, always meant to see it, I would say, yeah, Monty Python fans might enjoy this and Fantastic Planet fans might enjoy this. Yeah, it's definitely like towards that, um, you know, out of Hollywood, like, innovation for an animation this is is definitely like absolutely essential yeah if yeah. you hate the beatles it's still absolutely essential from that particular angle yeah and as a as a cult film it, it uh it also works because you know a lot of times we'll all say well a cult film is it just really unusual and not necessarily on purpose but just like it's kind of amazing that this is as good as it is considering how out there it is. Well, again, that was their reaction seeing this in the theater, right? They're like, oh, crap, we didn't know someone was going to make something this good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And by that time, hadn't they seen like El Topo and uh, Racerhead? No, no, they wouldn't have. El Topo was a few years later and Eraserhead was way yeah. later. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I guess um, not. Lennon, I just know Lennon was a big he, fan of El Topo. Yeah, he. Uh, I think you're thinking Harrison because he actually owned the rights to the movie. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Well, I'm, <laughs> and, you know, I'm not looking for Beatle trivia. <laughs> and he funded Life of Brian. Yeah. Like he was the main producer to to get that one made. So yeah. So Harrison was definitely into this this through line, although he didn't really participate with this particular iteration. Maybe this is what got him, you know, into that line of thought. So. <laughs> Could be, yeah. Okay, so I, I take back what I said. They didn't completely rip, rip my Python couldn't have completely ripped it off because they sort of kind of already they're, owned it. Yeah, yeah. They're... Terry Gilliam's still a dickhead, and I think um, John <laughs> Cleese is too. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't met him, so I don't know, but. <laughs> oh, God. Last time I'm golfing with them. A <laughs> couple of dicks. Radio. A couple of pink submarines. A couple of hairy deep sea diving bills. That was my big disappointment watching it this time. I'm like, hey, there's eight colored sub submarines there, and you didn't choose the pink one. What's wrong with you? I mean, you would you would choose the pink one, right? Uh, I would choose the pink one. The pink submarine? You bet, man. I when mean, I, whenever just... I whenever I have to get my new banknote book at the banks in Japan, they're like, always like, do you want this like kind of formal looking with a bank logo? Or do you want this one with all the insane, like animal cartoon animals on it? I'm like, give me the insane cartoon animals. Of course. I was going to say who given the choice would not take that. Yeah. See if I can. Put them on a watch list. What do I have here? Oh yeah. This is good. This is an older one, but this is a good example. So it's, it's like, I want, I want that bag book, don't I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, so do I now. I have a Muppet one. It's pretty good. Okay, that's good, too. Yeah, but that's, I mean, I was surprised they still offered things like that. There's a second one, but I 
didn't see it. Anyway, that, that was certainly a good example that very few people will see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they got to watch the watch the video. Yeah. Well, uh, people can see your movie, so I guess do that thing then. Right on. Uh, so gonzorific.com, G-O-N-Z-O-R-I-F-F-I-C. That's my friends and I here in Athens, Georgia. Recently celebrated our 20th anniversary. Been making movies since 2001. And uh, right now at gonzorific.com, um, you've got DVDs and Blu-ray you can buy. Also, uh, a couple links to stream our movies. Space Boobs in Space is uh, currently on Plex. And Bad Girl Dracula is on Reverie. And you can access those there. Um, we are right now in the middle of shooting our movie, Die Liner. And um, we are readying the release of Jugsaw. So always, uh, always stuff happening. And we would love any sort of support. We do get a few pennies when our movies are streamed. As for this one, it's Oral Hygiene. It's on Twitter. It's on Facebook as Oral Hygiene Pod. Uh, on Patreon, we're Podcastio Podcastius. We also talk about the Twilight Zone, sci-fi movies, video games, Pokemons, monster hunting. So, yeah, anyway, Podcastio Podcastius. Throw us a buck and we'll keep the lights on and, and properly pay for our Zoom, which is our our current low bar goal. Um, <laughs> uh, but we, hey, there's a dog looking at me. Okay. That, that is a creepy puppet. Is he going to eat my face off? That's going to eat my <laughs> This thing's crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Did you advance the film strip? Are you on the final page? Well done. One, two, three, four. Can I have a little more? Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I love you. A, B, C, D. Can I bring my friend a T? E, F, G, H, I, J. I love you. Bop, 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 bop. Sail the ship. Bop, bop, bop. Chop the tree. Bop, bop, bop. Skip the rope. Bop, bop, bop. Look at me. All together now, 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 all together now. Black, white, green, red, can I take my friend to bed? Pink, brown, yellow, orange, and blue, I love you. Bop, 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 sail the ship, bop, 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 chop the tree, bop, 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 skip the rope, bop, bop, look at me. All together now, 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 all all together now, 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 all